I'm reading through the book of Yaakov, uh, Jacob, which we translate as James for some reason. And I didn't do one yesterday because yesterday I did the introduction and then I didn't add to it because I forgot. So here we are in James chapter 2. James chapter 2 starts off with sin and favoritism. And then uh, and then he, he keeps going down and partway through that one he says... If you carry out the royal law prescribed in Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. And the you shall love your neighbor as yourself is bolded because it's a quote from the Old Testament. And I was wondering if, I want, is, is, that, is that a quote from the New Testament? Is that quoting Jesus? And the reference down here is Leviticus 19.18. And so I went over there because that's what I've been trying to do recently. And... Leviticus 19.18, I'm actually going to go up one verse, 19.17, you must not hate your brother in your heart. Rebuke, rebuke your neighbor directly, and you will not incur guilt because of him. Do not take a revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. I thought that was really interesting because for some reason I had this idea in my mind that the law said, don't lie to, don't cheat, don't steal, and have a bunch of examples. And then that Jesus added to that, to love your neighbor. Um, and even if there was an idea of love your neighbor, that Jesus then added on top of that, it's not just your outward actions, but the attitude of your heart. That don't bear a grudge, don't, uh, don't be angry at your neighbor, because that, you know, Jesus said, don't You've heard, don't murder. Well, don't bear a grudge. Don't be angry with your neighbor um, in your heart. And I always thought that that was an add-on that Jesus added. But he's just, he just read basically what Leviticus said. Don't bear a grudge. Don't harbor that bitterness in your heart. Because that's, that's tantamount to murder in Jesus' eyes. And so here, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Very much an Old Testament uh, reference very much a consistent God's intent for our lives. Not that we just follow a bunch of rules, but that our hearts be changed and that through Jesus and as we trust in the Spirit, He can change our heart so that we are loving and that we are not holding grudges. As we, as we humbly submit and we give those things over, we slowly become more and more like Him. Um, and then He continues there for a little while. And then there's a section on faith and works. And, and that starts in verse 14. I really just want to read it. What good is it, brothers, if someone says that he has faith, but not works? Can his faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat well, but you don't give, give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith, but I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith from my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe, and they shudder. Foolish man, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works 
when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar, you see that faith is active together with his works, and by works faith was perfected. So scripture was fulfilled that, uh, fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. I've heard a lot about faith and how you know we are saved by faith alone, um, and that that is true, that we are saved by faith. You can't just work your way into heaven. That's like that. That is the good news that we aren't enough in the things that we do. We are, we can, we, we can have access to the Father through Jesus because of what he did. However, how do we know if our faith is real or not real? How do we know if our faith is just a thing that we believe about ourselves, a belief about our beliefs, but not real? And the answer is works. Action. Actually changing our, our attitudes and changing what that flows from our heart. If there is no action, then your faith might not actually be faith. It might just be a self-deception. So what James is, or what Jacob is asking here is, is your faith a dead corpse? Or is your faith alive and active and real and doing things in the world? Is it just something that you have in your head? Or is it something that you are actually living out? And that's, that's a, it's a hard reality for me. I have a lot of belief in my head and I'm trying to take a look really hard at what I'm doing in my day-to-day -day life and actually do something as a result. Because the more and more I read scripture and the more it penetrates into who I am as my identity, I have to act, I have to speak, or it's just dead. And I don't want to be a dead academic, engineer, father. I want to be alive in scripture and alive in the spirit and allow God to use me in this world. And the only way that I can see him doing that is if I have more than just a head knowledge and an idea about what I think, but an actual belief, an actual faith that changes who I am and what my day-to-day -day actions are. Because if you really truly believe something, the test of that is how it changes you.